know you've sat through a couple presentations and you're probably getting that post-lunch fatigue, so I'm going to encourage everyone, this is your chance. Stand up, get a little energy, you know, maybe, maybe a little stretch, a little, little left side, a little right side, jump up and down. Yeah, this is your chance to do it because now you're not distracting anybody. Awesome. Well, good afternoon. I am really excited to be with you today. Uh, it's great to be back in Europe. I live in New York, but I was previously out in Amsterdam and Copenhagen for some conferences and speaking with some startups. And so this is my first time in Lisbon. I want to thank Andre and the Productize team for making it possible for me to be out here today. What I want to share with you today are some ideas that build on some of the things that Michael's talk covered on what product managers are, the roles they play, and also how to hire for them. So quick, quick show of hands, who here today serves day-to-day -day as a product manager, as a product owner? Raise your hand. All right, good, good number of you. Now, who is involved or responsible for hiring or leading teams of product managers or involved in, in that process? All right, so if you want a job, you know where to look. Um, but hopefully this talk is going to be valuable for both folks in terms of thinking through what product management can be. So quick background on me. I started a company earlier this summer called Headlight. It's my second company. This focuses on talent assessment. And so how do you identify and screen for the kinds of skills you need, whether it's product management, engineering, design. And Prior to that, I spent a couple years at Etsy as a product manager helping the sellers. We have 1.5 million sellers in that community, helping them manage the workflows, mobile app, and desktop web. Prior to that, I did marketing and product at an enterprise software company called Percolate. And prior to that, I was asked to serve in the federal government as part of an initiative to bring innovation and you know, tech best practices into the federal government. So all that is to say that I've seen how products are built in a variety of circumstances in a, in a large number of skills. And despite all of that and spending all this time thinking about what product does, I mean, I think this question is constantly on the front of my mind, right? And I'm sure it's something that you all face when you meet someone for the first time and they ask you what you do and you say you're a product manager and they say, oh, what's that, right? And then there's a whole conversation. So I'm curious, you know, we saw some definitions earlier about what a PM does, but I'm curious to hear from, from some of you, how do you answer that question when, you, when someone asks you what you do and you say product manager, what is, how do you elaborate on that? Love to hear someone from the audience. Everyone's a little shy because they know that their answer might be, might be difficult. I mean, Josh Elman has a good definition he is now an investor at Greylock. He previously, uh, I believe, was a, was a product manager at Facebook. And he says that a product manager ships, work, helps the team ship the right product to their users. You know, and then he breaks down that definition. And I think that's helpful, but I think that we're, we're, we still have this challenge, right? And different people have different definitions of what a product manager does. You know, uh, whether it's Steve Jobs to the mailroom clerk. I mean, I think many of us as product managers see ourselves as superheroes saving the day, trying to make sure that a, a train doesn't um, crash and, and we're, we're sort of the last line of defense from that. But there are times where we're just chickens with our heads cut off, right? 
Hopefully not too often. And of course there is this great diagram by Martin Erickson who created this in 2011, longtime product manager who puts product at the center of user experience, engineering, and business, which is I think a helpful orientation. It kind of, this is, if this is like a map, now we know sort of where product fits in that map, but it's still pretty vague, right? Does it mean that some of the time we're a UX designer and then some of the time we're an engineer and then some of the time we're a business person, whatever that means? Um, I think it, it, it leaves a lot open for what a product manager um, really looks like. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and I want to propose a framework for you that has two axes. The first axis is the head and heart axis. So the head is really about thinking things through logically and with, a, with data and being really rational and sort of being very disciplined about your decision making. And then there's the heart. The heart is about understanding people and understanding stories and emotions and feelings. And a good PM has to sort of succeed on both of those fronts, right? You know, we care a lot about making decisions that are driven by data, but at the same time, how many people have maybe proposed to a friend something that was very logical, made total sense, and yet they didn't want to do it, right? If we miss that emotional aspect of the work, we aren't as effective. The other, the other spectrum here is the, the forest and the trees, which is sort of the high level, the big picture, as well as the tactical, the detail-oriented, and the day-to-day. And so when you plot these in a two-by-two two matrix, as every MBA uh, would love to see, we get four roles or four sort of uh, cross-sections cross here. So the first one I call the explorer. And so the explorer is someone who is going out into the marketplace and really looking at, you know, what are our competitors doing? What are the big trends in the market? What's going on that people need to know about that is uh, really happening at a macro level? And then we've got uh, the advocate who is also looking at the big picture but looking at the emotional needs of our users, our stakeholders, reminding ourselves of our bigger vision, of our company values, thinking about the people and the stories that we want to tell at, at that high level. So I call that the advocate. Then we've got the organizer, who is maybe more internally focused, thinking about, again, people and emotions, but maybe more granular, maybe within your team, maybe within um, a specific user or a specific uh, meeting or a retro, recognizing that those are important and taking care of those aspects. And then finally, we have what I call the technician, which is using your head but also focusing on the details. And this is really about that tactical problem solving. Something is going wrong. There's a fire. How do we figure this out? How do we reconnect things? Or we've got sort of a really thorny problem, and how do we sort of unpack it and figure out a way to move forward? This is really about what the technician does. And so let's explore these personas a little bit more in person and talk about uh, what I've seen in, in, in terms of what that persona looks like and how we might try to hire for someone who is strong in that persona. So the first persona is the explorer. So we talked about it again. Um, it is looking at the trends in the market, looking at the big picture, thinking about the data that's necessary to justify um, a decision. 
at Etsy, we have been running this marketplace of handmade goods, craft supplies, and vintage goods for, for many years. And about a year ago, we, or, or actually earlier this year, we launched our first new marketplace in, in a decade, and it was a craft supply marketplace. And I remember the director of product who was leading that effort. A lot of what he had to do, especially with teams that were outside his core team, were to evangelize this opportunity, explain why your team needed to help support that effort and talking about, you know, it's a, it's a $14 billion market and, you know, here's what's going on, Michael's and, and some of these other craft supply goods. You've got the store, but then the online presence isn't great. And so really going out there, doing that research with customers or competitors and kind of painting that vision of what this marketplace could be. And that was, I think, a really great example of being the explorer. You know, thinking about someone who goes out into the, to the wilderness and comes back and says, here are all the things that I've seen. Let me tell you all about them. So how do you hire for someone who's going to be strong in this role? So I, I think that it's really important to ask questions that are super specific to the job. And at Headlight, we make it possible for employers to send take-home assignments where you sort of give people two to three hours to kind of work on a problem. Maybe they put together a presentation or a one-pager on what they do. But you can also ask this in an interview situation. You can say, you know, what's a trend? Here's an example. What's a trend, whether it's cultural, economic, technological, that's really exciting to you? And what are the implications for society about this trend? Someone who's going to be strong in the explorer persona is someone who's going to be excited to talk about whether it's self-driving cars, AI, uh, virtual reality. They, they've got something that they care about, whether it's you know, the, the changing economic landscape. They have things that they're, they're researching, they're thinking about, and they've, they've gone beyond just, okay, well, truck drivers are going to be eliminated because of self-driving cars. You know, what, going a step beyond that, you know, maybe, maybe hotels become, you know, car hotels where you drive somewhere and you sleep overnight in the car because you don't need to drive, you can just kind of lie down and it's a substitute for airline flights, right? That's sort of showing that kind of thinking uh, and being more visionary. So next we have the advocate. The advocate is, again, thinking about the big picture, but from the story perspective, from the emotional perspective. And this person is all about uh, taking care of stakeholders and uh, listening to customers and understanding customer needs. Um, I, I'm reminded of a, of a terrible joke that, that goes, why are vampires terrible product managers? Because they're afraid of stakeholders. Um, Sorry, uh, but uh, you know, communication is, I think, an important part of, of this role. It's, it's not only do you understand and can sort of, but can you share and articulate those needs and those concerns in a valuable way? I was recently helping a startup hire their first product manager, and we were interviewing a number of people, and one of the people you know, we interviewed one person who had a design background, an engineering background, had, been a, had a product at a similar type of company, and they were very prescriptive. You know, they, they, they kind of knew all the answers, and they had a plan already. And then we interviewed someone who had actually been head of product training. So not necessarily a product manager per se, although she had been a product manager in the past, but she talked about how she had to put together this team because they were losing all these deals. And they didn't know why. And so she embedded herself in several different customers for a week at a time. And she commits herself to spending time talking to customers every single day. And 
that's powerful, right? And she stood up this entire group to do product training and to help communicate internally to the team and then also externally to the customers what mattered. And so that was a powerful example in my mind of what an advocate can do. And so how do you uh, look for this? Well, I think one part of it is to put together a new scenario, right? And this one, maybe it's, so you've got a product launch coming up, right? And a week before the launch, a couple beta users are starting to report some really bad bugs, some, some bad crashes going on. And so what do you do, right? Is this product manager going to, is this person someone who's going to think about all the different players in the situation? Well, how bad is, is the bug? What is the, is the pain point? Can we sort of contain it? What, is, what, what does engineering think about this? What does design think about this? How is this going to affect the marketing launch? If this person is, sort of jumps right into the weeds and is like, all right, well, here's how we diagnose the problem, then you know that maybe they're not necessarily going to approach problems in the same way that someone strong in that advocate role would. Next, we've got the organizer. So the organizer is thinking about people and stories, but on a more granular, sort of internally focused perspective. And for the organizer, this is someone who is caring about all the details, right? Making sure all the people are invited to the kickoff meeting and not leaving anyone out, or making sure that the meeting is scheduled at a time that doesn't overlap with someone's uh, other important commitments, right? That might seem like a sort of a, a detail, but how many times have you been upset when a meeting didn't get put together in the right way, and then the dynamics in the room are all wrong, or the wrong person's in the room, or the right people aren't in the room, right? Those are the kinds of things that someone who is strong as an organizer is going to think about. I think about one of my coworkers, Joanna, who was also a PM at Etsy, and was one of those teams that was working peripherally to support some of the work that the craft marketplace was doing that I told you about earlier. She had to be in so many meetings because her team had to interface with two or three other teams that were all making changes. And so she had to be there, kind of listen to what was happening, what was going on, and then ask the right questions and then relay that back to her team and be in, you know, support her team and make sure that the, the right information was in the room. And I think that that's another important role that a, a product manager has to play, is being the organizer. And so how do you... Uh, how do you select for this role? Well, I think that one way you can do that is to ask people about their ideal team process. What is the team process that you think works best? And of course, the answer is always, it depends. But there are probably some things that they found works for them and for the types of companies that they've been involved in. And so I, I would hope that a good product manager who is strong in this organizer role would be someone who both has a set of things that they think are effective, but also is asking a lot of questions and saying, well, how does the team work? Are there people who are remote? You know, is the design a shared resource, or is it someone who is dedicated to our team and our product alone? Those are the kinds of questions that really help you understand whether this person is able to think in this way. And finally, we have the technician. And so this is the about diagnosing problems. This is about actually unpacking situations and being a problem solver on a very technical level or a user experience level. And I think about my own experience at Etsy when I was also supporting this craft marketplace, which clearly was a really sprawling project. And at the time, we had a challenge because 
we had just, one of our designers had just left my, on my team, and we had a person on sick leave, medical leave, who was our QA analyst. And so we were really short, two members of our team. And so what I had to do in those situations was to jump in. I had to build out all the test situations. I had to make sure that we were regularly running um, good, good bug tracking, bug testing sessions. I had to be a designer and, and make UX flows and then walk that through the other designer on our team who was trying to be on both projects at the same time. And so my job was really hands-on, and I had to block off long stretches of time where I was working on those things because otherwise it wasn't going to happen, right? And so that was me being the technician. And so how do you hire for this role? I think you talk about um, a product that, you know, someone who is strong in this role can think about products and think about not only delineate exactly what makes them so good, but also what's wrong with them and how they would try to fix those things, right? And because they're, they're able to kind of break down a product experience and think about all the, the different aspects of it and to think about all the pieces that um, put it together and, and how, how those things can be improved, right? Uh, it's not just what makes it great, but what uh, is not necessarily wrong with it, but what's adding friction. And so... With these, with these four personas, I don't think that they, you're, you're saying, like, we're just hiring an explorer or we're just hiring an organizer. I think that every PM has to bring all of these uh, skills and all of these perspectives into their role, but it depends on the situation, right? So maybe you have a PM who's building an internal tools. They might need to be really strong as technicians because they're solving these sort of complex problems internally, and they need to be a good organizer because there's so many internal stakeholders that they have to coordinate with. But it may not be as important for them to be a visionary. Right? And alternatively, you might have someone who is leading a new product line, a new market opportunity. And what you really want there is someone who is a strong explorer, who can be an advocate and can really talk about the needs of the users and all the different players in the market. And maybe... It's, it's early on, so you haven't figured out all the technology or how the product is implemented yet, so being a technician matters less. I also think that it's important to think about the, the makeup of your team, right? So that some teams, maybe you're full of uh, people who are former engineers and former designers. Maybe you do need someone who comes from a marketing background who can bring uh, some of that competitive landscape, some of that thinking. I was talking with one of the uh, speakers at... Uh, last night, and we were talking about how at one point she was, uh, the team was thinking about hiring one of two people, either someone who was um, very experienced in, in IT and new to product marketing, or someone who was a great product marketer, but didn't have a lot of that sort of corporate IT experience. And in that case, she was like, we need to hire that IT person, even though, of course, we're product marketing. We've got a whole team full of people who know tons about product marketing, but they don't know a lot about IT management. And so we need that valuable perspective. And so when you think about your team, it's not that there's one makeup that's the right makeup, right? It's, it's about finding that balance so that your team as a whole is well-rounded. So what about the fifth persona, right? We just talked about four, but this talk is about five personas. And I think the fifth persona really comes into play in a way that doesn't fit into the framework. Because you can imagine someone who is strong on all these fronts. They can be a visionary. They can speak to customer needs. They can organize things really well. And they can problem solve and, and figure, fight fires and do all those things. 
but they still might not be that product manager that you really count on, that you think of as like a 10x player. What, what is it? And, and so for that, I think that there's a great analogy that I like to make about product management, and it's about climbing a mountain, or it's like helping a group climb a mountain. And as a product manager, you're supporting a group of people who are climbing this mountain, right? And, and you start out as a helper, and you start out as sort of like a support player, someone who's just trying to be useful and, and trying to stay out of people's way. And, and this is sometimes where, you know, you'll hear engineers or designers who don't like product managers, they say, just stay out of my way. Okay, just don't, just don't bother me, right? And, and, you know, that speaks to the fact that doing product is hard, and, and a lot of times they've dealt with people who were actively making their lives harder, right? So step one is you, you just need to be a helper. And over time, you graduate to being a partner. You're a core member of the team. You're valued. You're respected. You're, you're part of helping climb this mountain, right, where you're... Um, but sort of where you end up, where I think that fifth persona is, is being the Sherpa. And when you think about being the Sherpa, you think about climbing Mount Everest, right? You've got these expeditions that train for years and years and years, and they uh, have these expert climbers, and there's this captain, there's this leader who's climbing the mountain, and they still, then they go to the uh, local area, and they hire a guide. And so this guide is being hired. Technically, there's a, there's a team captain, and you're hiring the Sherpa, but the Sherpa basically becomes the de facto leader, right? The trusted member of that group that everyone is looking to, turning to, to, you know, the, the, the team's lives is in the hands of that Sherpa to guide them through that mountain, help them, you know, if a storm is coming, can we take another route? You know, this piece of equipment is broken. What are we going to do? I think of my friend Belinda, who started as an associate PM at a startup. And there were two other PMs there, and so she was the most junior one. But this startup was going through a lot of growing pains, a lot of churn. And six months in, both of those two other PMs had left. And she was the most, most senior tenured at that, at that company, product manager. And she was staffed with the, the best designer and the best engineer at the company. And they were both initially like, just, just stay out of my way, don't bother me. But over time, she really proved her value, right? She organized user research sessions. She managed the backlog in an amazing way, and she really just delivered. She was there for her team again and again and again. And by the time that company was acquired and she left, she was considered by those same people, those same senior designer and same senior engineer, as the best PM that they had ever worked with. And I don't think you can screen for the Sherpa, right? There's no interview question that you can ask that's going to tell you whether someone is a Sherpa or not. But I think that this is an ideal that as product managers, as product people, that we can always strive for. And, it, and maybe not at every team, not in every project, not in every role, but that we, we hope to, to reach that level in the future. And that's the thought that I want to leave you with. So thanks so much. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. <laughs>